My name is Karen. And I'm Kella. Building a community around being a military spouse through the internet and through podcasts. We are not professionals. We don't claim to be. To feel like you have a sense of connection. Who isn't into dogs, though? Just go give them an atomic wedgie. (laughs) Maybe I am a psychic. (laughs) You know, me just when I come and I I talk. (laughs) Okay. We're winging it today, you guys, and that's okay. Welcome to Military Wives Unfilters. I chipped my tooth yesterday. (gasps) No, that's like my worst nightmare. I know, it was really bad. I was like so freaked out because we have like a Christmas party to go to this weekend and I was like, Dwayne's friends are going to think I do drugs and like I just can't. There's already a lot of signs there like appearance wise because I'm like, I don't, well, you and I are kind of the same. Like we don't do makeup or like hair or like all those things. We're just like workout clothes. Wait, did you, sometimes. Your did you just clothes. say I look like I do drugs? A little bit sometimes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. That checks out, you know. Anyway, as Duane yesterday, I was like, hey, can you be here around eight so I can go get my appointment, my dentist appointment done? And he was like, yeah. The next day, was he here when I needed him? No. No. I'm guessing no. The answer is no. No. So I ended up showing late to my dentist. And they were like, I mean, yeah, we'll take care of you, but you got to sit around. So I sat around until noon. Like, I showed up there around 8 10 8 15 and then i was there till noon for a tiny little chip on my tooth oh dang yeah so that was great i don't know where i was going with that i just got caught up in the hate oh you're You're busy that's what you're saying you're busy speaking of dentist the dental insurance that we can purchase you know is sucks is it garbage it's garbage Like, nobody around here will accept it because their reimbursement rate is so low. The choices of dentists is sparse. And I have, like, dental anxiety, so I always ask people who I should go to. And a bunch of people around here recommended this one dentist. So I call them, and they're like, oh, which insurance do you have? Okay, well, that's out of network, which I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, and your insurance like reimburses really poorly for out of network. You might get like a 20% reimbursement. And I was like, yeah, for out of network. And I was like, okay, well, if I come, you know, just for like a regular checkup and cleaning, how much would that be? Because John's actually done that before, just went and paid cash, you know, because they only let the military people go once a year. And it was like 100 bucks or something. So she's like, yeah, assuming you get x-rays, your total for the regular checkup and cleaning would be $500. I was like, thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) You're like, you are lovely, Shannon. I will see you never. (laughs) I was like, you gotta be out of your mind. Jeez, Louise. But yeah, so like a lot of people won't accept it because their reimbursement is so terrible. Okay, so... If people are listening and they don't know, Karen has been pursuing, battling, (laughs) fighting, doing whatever she can to make nursing school work for the past four years. It seems like since I've been alive. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it has been a little bit of time. (laughs) Uh, I spend quite a bit of time with prereqs and um, dealing with changing prereqs as we change duty stations and trying to meet deadlines because by the time we move 
things have changed and then I don't know where we're going in enough time so that I can apply preemptively. So it's just been the timelines have been a little bit screwy. And then on top of that, they've made me test out of a bunch of classes just so I can meet the prereqs that they request. But it's finally done. I'm finally going to um, have been accepted to a program and I will be starting in the spring. And I am very excited about it. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's just been so incredible to see how difficult this has been for you. Like these programs that have very specific prereqs, when you're moving across states, it's so hard because every school is a little bit different. Every state is a little bit different. The transferring of credits, the beginning of programs, like it's, oh, it's so complicated. Which is kind of mind boggling if you think about it, because the way that the body systems operate and each individual are kind of the same, you know, they all kind of have the same pathways for releasing hormones. You know, what I'm saying is the anatomy is pretty much the same. Sure. So I don't, so it's difficult for me to understand why the curriculum that the, the, the state sets is different for each state. Right. I mean, like, as people become more and more doing things online and people move around a lot more than they used to because it's just a lot easier. You know, we're definitely not the only people that move around. If they could make these these things, especially in these very established and controlled professions like nursing, they could just make them like nationally standard. Yeah. That would just be too easy, wouldn't it? Right. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm full-blown and to the spirit... I'm not going to lie. I'm also a little bit apprehensive and nervous because I haven't been to school full time in a really long time. And, you know, the duties at home, like they're not going to take care of themselves. I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous. And that nervousness has been coming out in the form of like griping at my husband, which like he already knows me. So it's not like, (laughs) what is this? It's not like it's out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You guys are about to have a big change. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say a baby. I was like, when? (laughs) like i'm telling you you're pregnant (laughs) i don't know karen there for a minute i was like wayne congratulations thank you so much um you guys yeah you guys are about to have a huge change and it's obviously not just for you it's for your whole family so i'm sure there's definitely going to be growing pains there you guys are gonna have to sit down and just figure out like what are the priorities how are you gonna handle that how is Dwayne gonna help pick up some slack because there's no way you're gonna be able to handle everything just like you used to there's no way you can't do it yeah and I think a lot of that is gonna fall on me because I just get anxiety about the way certain things are done and if those things are not done that way aka my way then there's a lot of like anxiety and like it builds up and it turns into resentment. And I just have to learn to understand that a lot of things are not important at all. Like if the bed gets made, that is inconsequential. It's not going to affect anyone. It's not going to contribute in any way other than in my mental health. But being able to let go of some of those things, I think it's going to be huge for me because I just like obsess about those tiny little things, you know? Like you said, establishing priorities and um, kind of assigning those priorities to each of us is going to be key. 
Yeah. I think those things will kind of take care of itself because you just won't have the time or the mental bandwidth to care. Right. Like you will just naturally be like, okay, uh, what is my top priority? What is my second priority? Having my bed perfectly made is so far down the list that I can't even. Right. Yeah. 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 So right now, like the things that I'm mostly um, that are up there are finding a dog walker because I can't do without. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. can't. I have tried to not care about whether my dog's gonna walk or not. I have tried to walk them like at night. I've tried. I've tried different things. For me, it's just important that they get walked, um, especially if I'm not gonna be home. And they're pretty big dogs, so they have a lot of energy. Getting a dog walker and finding an after-school program for me. Getting those things settled. Oh, that's valid. That's fair. Oh, also, I tested positive for TB. They did a bunch of tests, a chest X-ray. They took out. All of my blood. Like, I don't even know what I'm running on right now. They took it all out. It's just gone. It's just gone. I have You're no blood. a medical miracle. Indeed. So, um, yeah, so that part of my life was fun. I'm so tired of being at that health center. I can't even tell you. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> to be clear, Karen does not have tuberculosis. No, I don't have freaking TB. You've just been exposed to it in the past. So you're going to have to get a chest x-ray like every year now. Well, I spoke with this doctor and he said next time that they give you the the test for TB, just to, like explain all of this to them and they'll look through your records and then it'll be fine. But as a healthcare worker, you have to get tested for it every few years to make sure you don't have it. So you'll have to get a chest x-ray. Right. But I think that if they know that I don't have it, the x-ray is not going to be necessary. Like if it's been documented that I have the that I have been exposed to it and that I've gotten a chest x-ray in the past, they're not going to make me do it every single time. But what I'm saying is every few years as a healthcare worker, you have to get tested again to make sure you don't have it. Yeah. So other people would get the little test. You'll have to get a chest x-ray. Yeah. Well, even in nursing school, like I have to do it every year. Okay, so you'll have to get a chest x-ray. We'll see. (laughs) I'm telling you, you're going to have to get a chest x-ray. We'll see about this. Because just because you've tested like negative for it like a year ago doesn't mean you haven't gotten it since then. Right. So I like freaked out for a moment because I was like, wouldn't it be funny? (laughs) Not. If this is the (laughs) one thing that precludes me from going to nursing school, like I've done all this, all this crapola, and this is the one thing prevents me from going completely so I was like this is crap I can't believe this so I had a captain come in and he was like ma'am you're okay like we have a ton of nurses here who have tb I was like "Mm, not reassuring (laughs) he was like what I'm saying is it's that you having tb it's not going to prevent you from entering your your program like you'll just you'll just be tested and next time that they go ahead and do the test Just let them know that you test positive for it. Okay, so the MWR put on a holiday festival last weekend. Since we live in like the town square area here, it was basically right outside our front door or back door or whatever. It was kind of cute. It was really geared towards little kids, obviously. So they had like a fire for making s'mores and they had a tree lighting ceremony, pony rides, a quote-unquote train rides, which looked super lame. There was pictures with Santa, and then... You go on the train ride? No, 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 no. (laughs) 
No, I was actually like, oh my God, John, I'm so glad that we don't have little children that want to go on this train because it looked like the lamest thing ever. I guarantee every adult was bored out of their mind. But then, then they had some food trucks, which actually we ended up getting some barbecue from there. But anyways, it was just, it was so funny because they had been marketing this for like weeks and months as this big deal, right? And it kind of just reminded me of every... <laughs> MWR event that I've really ever went to where it's like it's cool but it's just not quite awesome you can tell they tried but not too much (laughs) (laughs) it's not terrible but it's definitely not something you go home and you know talk about at all like it was good for them you know Yeah, yeah exactly Yes, it's like when you get a pair of leggings from Walmart. You're like, these are great leggings for Walmart price. (laughs) You know, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of very representational of kind of what we tend to get. Yeah, that makes sense. I have to say, though, like as parents, though, we're just happy that somebody bothered to do something so we can get out of the house and like assure children stuff. Just be like, look, look at that over there. It's not not my face. (laughs) That's true. I was thinking that I was like, if you have really small kids and it seemed like it was pretty geared towards like very specific, maybe two to five year olds, maybe Mm -hmm. six. If you have little kids, like, this would be cool because it's just something different to do and it will occupy a few hours and probably tire them out and they might think it's neat. But as just a casual observer, I was kind of like, eh, you know. This is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. you're going to find that a lot with, like, especially events that are geared towards children. You're like, huh, this is underwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed like a lot of parents with really little kids standing in line for something that when you get to the front of the line, you're not even that excited. And you know, the thing is though with MWR events is that sometimes they'll be really awesome. And sometimes they'll be like that. Like occasionally you'll come across one that's like amazing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like when we first moved here, there was a 4th of July carnival festivity situation. And we were really impressed by the amount of like games and food and just overall like activities there were to do for kids. There was no shade though, but you know, that's another, that's just a separate bone I have to pick with them. But (laughs) we were (laughs) thoroughly impressed. We were like, oh my gosh, we could really spend a good amount of time here. But then in Leavenworth, we went to an an Oktoberfest. Not good. Mm -mm. It was, (laughs) it was very sad. That's been my experience, sad. Yeah, hit or miss. You gotta go and check it out anyway. Um, but I just thought it was funny because I was just like, yep, this this feels like an MWR event. Um, okay, moving along. So I'm assuming that all of our listeners now listen to Joy and Claire because, like, how could you not if you've been listening to us? They're pretty great. Yeah. So you didn't listen to them yet this week. But no. Joy talked a lot this week about... Wait, that was your original question. You said, have you listened to Joy and Claire? And I was like, no, let me tell you about my tooth. That's how yeah. we got to... Yeah. (laughs) So Joy talked a lot this week about how she is just tired of tiptoeing around tough subjects because of the fear that you'll like offend somebody or somebody will take it the wrong way or just being a woman like you want to please everybody. And she was just saying how like she's over it. She's not going to do it anymore. 
not that she won't have any filter, but like she's going to kind of stand her ground on stuff that she thinks is important. And I was like, you go, girl. So there's been something I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I was like, eh, it's kind of controversial. Not really, but you know what? That's why we started this podcast was to talk about stuff that, well, to talk to each other and please to talk about our dogs, but to talk about stuff that like isn't so being talked about. It involves another a fellow military spouse. And the last thing we want to do is gossip or put anybody down or be negative in a way that will make somebody else feel like crap. And my, for me anyway, like <laughs> okay, some, some people, some people, I don't care. But another a fellow military spouse, I don't want to do that to. So you don't want to talk about this? Oh, no, you can talk about her. I mean, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. I'm oh, not, right, right. In a tiptoe way, like I'm yeah. saying, yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. So this is like a spotlight with a military spouse of a very, very high-ranking army person. So you could think of it as like this military spouse has a lot of influence. So it was just this little interview with her, and one of the questions was asking what advice she would give to a soldier and the soldier's family who are just starting out. So I'm actually just going to read her response because I don't want to get it wrong. This is what she said. I would encourage the spouse to learn what his or her soldier's job is and be involved with his or her soldier's unit activities. I ask that they embrace the army and know their soldier will only go as far as you support. Every soldier feels great having a great army spouse. And there's no other questions that ask anything related to this. So that's that's the entirety of like advice to spouses. So I had a knee-jerk response to this. And then I've had some time to kind of think about it. So first of all, what I want to say is I don't think that this is untrue. But what I do think it is, is it's not complete. And I think that that's really unfortunate. This was an opportunity to give advice to spouses and it just seems very one-sided and it seems very in line with basically the message we're getting all the time already, which is your job is to support your soldier. And we're like, check, we got it. You know, like we got it. What I'm sad about in this response is it doesn't talk at all to the military spouse as an individual person. That's just what I'm sad about because what I want to say is every single spouse's job is to support their spouse, period. Not unconditionally, if your spouse is doing something you don't agree with, but we all should be supporting our spouse. Any person who's married, you should be supporting your spouse. It's really important. So when we talk about our community, yes, a huge role of being a spouse to a soldier is supporting that soldier. Right. But a huge role of being a husband in our case is supporting your wife. It's a two-way street and neither of you is more important in that. Just because maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and the soldier is bringing in all of the money, that does not mean that your sole job is to support them and their sole job is just to take that from you. Like it's a two-way street, no matter what that situation is. And then beyond that, like you're an individual apart from your spouse or apart from your soldier. You are a, a person that has equal value. 
And, and that's just what made me sad is I think it was a good opportunity for her to say like anything else. It, it, ma- it makes me feel like our whole jobs, not as military spouses, but like as women is to like walk around and like hold our husband's like military veil, if you will. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're in that, you're in that uh, supporting cast role where uh, in no way a protagonist. And that right. is what's bothersome is that she ne- she never mentioned the fact that we needed to take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves, like we can't really support each other and we can't really partake in the community and we can't really be active members who contribute. Um, there was not a whole lot of mention of like communication and how we can both arrive to a place where we both feel comfortable with each other's choices and not a whole lot of like self-development and self-enrichment. Yeah. (laughs) And this is supposed to be advice to like new, new soldiers, new family members. And so you're getting this message. Like if your soldier does great, you'll feel great, which is true. Like if my husband succeeds, I benefit from that. I'm happy for him. It feels good for me. Like, I know I had a role in that. Yeah. But if that's the only message you're getting, that can be really, really damaging to yourself, your view of yourself, your self-worth, your, yeah, just like how it's, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not. I'm not going to lie. There are some spouses who really thrive in that role, who, you know, they don't have any aspirations to do anything else and they are very happy with their role and their place in life and they feel like, you know, for them, like that's that's what fulfills them, right? They are happy yeah. and that's totally fine. Yeah. If that's a decision that you guys made together and you're genuinely happy, like awesome, cool, good for you. Yeah, that's great. I don't I don't think that's like a blanket. Right. It that applies to covers all of us. <laughs> right. And what I do agree with is she said, "No, your soldier will only go as far as you support." Which it it can, it can be true, but again, sure. I will say that's true with any spouse. Like if I'm pursuing a career and my husband is against it or isn't willing to support me at all, it's going to be really hard to persevere in that career. If your spouse isn't supporting you, especially when things get tough, like it's just it's not going to happen and it's going to be really hard and you're going to be super unhappy and have a lot of conflict. Right. But again, it's just not, that's just not, it's like one side of the story. And it just really, it really bummed me out because I thought it was super cool that for this person, they spotlighted the the wife. I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh man, this is really cool, you know? And it was just so disappointing because it just felt like messages we're already getting all the time. It seems like she is successful in whatever field she has decided to pursue, right? Yeah. It's difficult for me to come to grips how somebody who is successful in their own right only emphasizes the importance of being in that supportive role to your spouse. Because at some point she said, you know what, I am not going to this FRG meeting because I need to take care of myself. And in doing so, I will be able to be a better spouse for you. This will eliminate conflict and will allow you to go to your job with a clear mind and lead men or do whatever it is that you do. Right, right, right. So, you know, so I feel like, you know, and I can't speak for this for this spouse. I can't sure. think of what her frame of mind was when she was interviewed. Perhaps she was just trying to think in a like a very military focused sort of 
purview. But I forgot where I was going with what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, there was a dog walking by. This happens every time you get distracted by dogs. <laughs> every time I sit on this window, I have this great thought. And then I'm like, cute dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> perhaps since she was being interviewed by um, like a military institution, she thought that a lot of her answers needed to be in line with somebody who supports her spouse, which is fine. It, um, and, no, and, it's not and, fine though. It's, it's see, that's part of the problem though, is that everybody is so scared to not walk the party line at all times, but like, it doesn't have to be one-sided. She can say exactly what she said, and then she can follow it up with, you know, what we've been saying and what we've been saying That's this entire time. That's what I'm saying. It's okay for her to highlight how important it is to be supportive, but I think she could have added to that and right. actually giving the spouse a more role where she is a protagonist and not just right. this like, the assistant that just worries yeah. about what her husband does. Because like, we don't need someone to tell us that we have a large role in supporting our soldier. Like we are, we are given that message constantly. Right. Whether, I mean, there's so many ways that we're given that, whether it's, you know, we're moving for their career or our health insurance depends on them or our card access is de- like dependent on them. Their rank is on our, on our card. We're called a dependent. Like, yeah, I think we're almost done with this, but it was just disappointing. And what I want to say is I agree with everything she said. And plus, your husband or your soldier should be supporting you just as much. And that can ebb and flow depending on who needs more support at what time. But you are like, have your own life too, because your, ma- your soldier is going to be gone a lot. Thank you. It's so important that you establish who you are and the things that you want to pursue independently from your husband, because a big chunk of being supportive and, um, you know, aiding in your husband's career is you being able to be independent and self-reliant and And happy. Yeah. Fulfilled. And in order to do that, you need to be able to know yourself and invest in things that make you happy. Otherwise, you're just going to be a big ball of anger. I have been there. Yes, and if that means you have to miss an award ceremony every once in a while because they have 9,000 of those, or... They get a gold medal <laughs> for everything. It's like, oh, great job. Here's a coin. That's so funny you just said that. Look look where I am at in life. Look at all this oh, crap. My... Look at all this crap. You Jeez. See this? I can't even. I can't even. Do you want to see my award? <laughs> Tortilla chips. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Okay. On to the next, on to the next sticky subject. Oh, good. Oh my God, Karen. You and Karen are celebrating four years of friendship on Facebook. Put it up. My phone just told me that. Good for you, phone. Okay. So I am going to have to tiptoe around this subject a little bit, which makes me so angry, but kind of is what it is. And I want to know your opinion on all of this. I've been reminded this week, just kind of like fighting for A, what you believe in and B, knowing that you have worth and when your worth is trying to be like downgraded, just standing your ground and not wavering on that at all. I can't really give the specific example, but (laughs) (laughs) which is unfortunate, (laughs) but 
I had this thing happen to me this week where basically I was being told something that I knew, I just knew wasn't true and I knew wasn't right. So, so something happened to you that kind of brought awareness to you about how important it is to kind of stand your ground and know who you are and what your worth is. Yeah, and, and fight for what you know is right. Even if it's like, even if it's not a huge thing, because in this situation, I see things happening that people allow to happen just because they don't want to have confrontation or they don't think it's worth trying to fight for or it's just not sometimes things happen and people just allow it to happen because they don't want to they don't want to stand up and say this isn't right and that's just like not my personality and it's really hard when you're the one person who's basically like, excuse me, excuse me, no. Right. It kind of it kind of puts you in a role of like you being that person that always complains and that person that always has something to say about something right. and like just quote unquote that person. When right. in reality, you're just doing what everybody else lacks the cojones to do and and standing up for yourself. Right. And what I've learned too is though, like you're not going to change people for the most part, you're not going to change people. So basically you have one of two options in these scenarios. You can just let it go, which sometimes you have to, you have to pick your battles or you can stand up for yourself and cause friction. Neither is easy thing to do. They both suck. Yeah. But when you're in these situations and you're dealing with difficult people, you have to kind of decide and this last week I put my foot down and it was not pleasant it was not fun but do you think you've always been like that though yes <laughs> in your life you have always been that person that is super assertive and you see something that's not right and regardless of, of the consequences you're like no I'm gonna speak up and I am gonna do and say what is right not always I I have learned like you do have to pick your battles and you have to decide what is worth it to you I guess but I think from the time I was really little and I kind of didn't fit into like these social norms that people wanted me to, I've learned that just because something is normal doesn't mean it's right. Or just because something is common doesn't mean it's right. I think people have to remember that. Like just because something is the SOP or how it's always been done or how it normally is done doesn't mean that it's how it should be done. And you have to kind of decide like what 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 is it worth to you to fight? And I think that it's a really tricky thing to be able to maneuver in life in general, right? In because, any relationship, right? Yeah. And right? in, in, in life, just period. Right. Because right. you are lucky and that you are confident enough in yourself and you are assertive enough in yourself to be able to distinguish um, what for you is right and wrong. And then on top of that, to be able to speak about it. Like for a lot of people, um, there's not only like, fear of confrontation like I don't have fear of confrontation like like you know me like obviously I don't but I also don't like it like it's not it's fun ugly. no right no. it's ugly things get all like unstable like the vibe is just gets messed up yeah so but then also like it's really difficult to be able to speak on your behalf to like advocate for yourself right even if you believe yes. those things are right like you know I look at like relationships for example like Duane and I have had to do a lot of therapy and like still communication is one of those things where like we struggle where it needs daily work so like for me if it's difficult to 
be able to have that candor with my spouse, sometimes it can be even more difficult to step out of the comfort of your home and be able to have those difficult conversations with other people. Yes, it's not easy. It's a huge energy drain. It's emotionally charged. It can be really, really frustrating, but it can actually be really liberating as well. And you kind of don't know that until you put yourself out there and take a shot. My biggest strategy, and I use this in a lot of things because I do have kind of, well, I have anxiety, is I'll play the what's the worst that happens game. So I'll be like, well, what's the worst that happens? When I run that through, it's like, okay, well, even if worst case scenario happens, like I'll still be okay. That gives me a lot of confidence. (laughs) So that's kind of like your litmus test for like, yeah. should I speak up about this? Right. But what else are you on the docket for us for conversation? I'm just letting you steer this train. John and I have been playing racquetball. That's awesome. Talk about that. Well, I feel like it's the whitest sport on the planet. Would you agree? Water polo. Oh, really? Or polo. Any kind of polo. <laughs> shirt with the collar and the buttons white people and horses yeah (laughs) what about hockey yeah but that's kind of an edge to hockey you know what i mean like like you also have to be really tough oh yeah hockey looks awesome um yeah so we've started playing racquetball and it's really fun you kind of feel like you're in a pinball machine it looks super dorky yeah but there's like this element of danger in it as well, especially when you play with John because he's not the most coordinated person on the planet. So I have to really watch out for him accidentally hitting me or swiping me with his racket or just a lot of collision type things. So that makes it a little even more exciting. So wait, remind me again with racket, you hit it towards the wall and then the ball comes back and it and then you get to hit it again, right? Yes, but the ball can hit the walls. It can hit the ceiling. It can hit the wall behind you. It's I- like... Control chaos. I gave that a shot once at our old gym. I don't see it working out for you. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was fine, but it was just really boring for Dwayne because, like, every time I threw the ball, it would just like cover my face. Oh yeah. And, like, it was not good. You gotta have really good hand-eye coordination. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I see, like, your whole high school PE is like unraveling for my eyes right now. <laughs> Pretty much, man. This was me. You're like, this is bringing up some unresolved issues I have. Oh, I've made peace with him. I'm pretty okay with it. I was a huge dork and I didn't (laughs) do sports and that's okay. Well, what's funny is the other people I see playing this, let me say, first of all, they are really good and really serious, but they are almost exclusively of one demographic and that is older man who's carrying eh, 30 to 50 extra pounds. Oh. But they would kill me if I played them in racquetball. But it is like... (laughs) They're like my candidates for sleep apnea. Right? It's like sleep apnea equals really good at racquetball. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but um, it's really fun, and we've been playing it a lot. And it's a good, like, winter activity. And almost every army post has racquetball courts. Yeah, so there's like continuity in that because you can move and you'll probably be able to find another court. So I'm just embracing it. It's really fun. Also, I wanted to do my daily 
kind of poke fun at John. So as everyone knows that I've said on here, he's training to be an anesthesia provider. He's doing super well. He's excelling, very smart, right? Yada, yada, yada. All these accolades. So proud of him. But <laughs> So great. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. But what I love to do is I always love to make sure that we just kind of make it known that while, you know, our husbands can do really cool stuff, they still are humans. So <laughs> last night we're getting ready to walk the dog and it's cold. So we're all bundled up. And John had a long day. He had a long day of surgery. He's tired. His mental capacity is drained for the day. So he's going to open the door to leave our house. And I can kind of just hear him like wrestling with the door. I turn around because for some reason I was looking the other way. I turn around. He's leaned up against the door just in a posture of desperation. And he's just turning the doorknob over and over and over with the concentration and difficulty you would see from like a toddler trying to open a pickle jar. I mean, he is just turning the doorknob over and over and over and over. And I look up above the doorknob and the deadbolt is locked. The doorknob is locked and he is just trying so hard to open this door. I just walked behind him. He didn't have the wherewithal to like elevate his gaze like just a little bit. No. So I walk behind him and I go, John, and I just turn the deadbolt. And he's like, oh, he's like, I just thought it was because my gloves are slippery and I couldn't get a grip on the doorknob. <laughs> and I and was like, to think about taking them off, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, no, no. That's as far as I got. I that just felt pain ended there. Yep. I felt so bad. I was like, "It's okay. They're there." Oh, let me open this <laughs> for you. <laughs> but it is true, you know, when people have when you have a really demanding job, sometimes you are just tapped out. When you get home, you are just tapped out, and even these just basic things just become. You just can't. It's like you're done. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, I've been doing all these tests for my prereqs and stuff. And I took my exam and I was, one day I was just done. I was like, okay, I'm like just drained. I, I don't have anything else on me. It was the last test that I had to take. And Mio came to me after Taekwondo and he's like, mommy, I'm all done with these clothes. I'm like, okay, go put them in the hamster. And he was like, huh? I was like, go put your clothes in the hamster. <laughs> he's like I'm like upstairs in the hamster now (laughs) he goes upstairs and then he comes back and he's like mommy where's the hamster oh I'm like Mio obviously I'm at the hamper Mio come on catch on this was a test and you failed Mio you could just see in his eyes that he was just like so disappointed because he he legit thought it was gonna be a (laughs) (laughs) oh like he was like oh my gosh yeah he was like an actual (laughs) sweet mom score yeah so you'll have that oh that's great that's great i had a dream a couple nights ago that i was pregnant which i'm not pregnant but i had a dream that i was pregnant and i had to be induced early for some reason it wasn't explained to me and so I show up at the hospital by myself 
And the nurse hands me a full jar of peanut butter. And she says, you have to eat this whole jar of peanut butter. And when you finish, that's what will induce labor. And I was like, this whole jar? She was like, yeah, the whole jar. And I was like, are you nuts? And she was like, you got to do it. And this was my dream. It's kind of not a terrible idea because like you do expend a lot of calories when you're in labor. So right. right? She was just like, this is just a good, good, stable snack for you to have. <laughs> just just 8,000 calories of peanut butter. Hey, <laughs> okay. my work. Yeah, that's pretty funny. You guys have a Christmas tree? Please, please. Yeah. Does it surprise you? Does it surprise you? Not even a one, not even like a Charlie Brown sad one. We have one. I just don't take it out like ever. Why would we? For me and John, please. Yeah, for the two of you. I'd rather go play racquetball. Does it surprise you that as a child, I didn't like Santa? I mean, I liked the idea of Santa because I would get gifts. But you know, when you would go somewhere and there was an actual old man dressed up as Santa, I hated it. Hated it. You don't know who listens, okay? Okay, when I would go to the mall and there would be Santa there, mm-hmm. I hated it. Like, how old were you when you remember having these feelings? I don't know. Any age. I should ask. My, I guarantee if I ask my mom, she'll say that I never wanted to sit on Santa's lap. So should we wrap this up? Any last thoughts? No. None? Okay. None at all whatsoever. I am um, all topped out of thoughts. Okay. Well, that is going to be it for this episode. We didn't have an episode last week because, honestly, we didn't really have anything to say. I didn't, at least. Like, I don't want to, and then don't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We are only going to do this when we want to because otherwise it's just going to be Walmart leggings. Until somebody's like, we're going to pay you to do it every single week. And then at that point, I'll show up with bells on every single week. Yeah. And I'll find content. I mean, I will... uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find stuff to talk about. We, ref- we refuse to put out MWR festivals. <laughs> We're putting out the real deal here, okay? Yeah. This is, this is Lululemon quality. This is la creme of la creme. Yeah, this is not Walmart leggings, okay? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but let's be real. We know Lululemon is better. Yeah, and those guys keep the stink away for sure. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Okay, everybody, um, we haven't gotten any reviews in a while, so... What are you doing, people? What are you doing with your lives if you're not reviewing us? Yeah, leave a review, share the podcast. Instagram, Military Wives Unfiltered. You know, we have an email on Facebook, too, but... Hey. Eh, yeah, Instagram. Just, like, tell other people. Yes, yes. We appreciate everybody um, who interacts with us. It's been really fun, and we'll talk to you next time. That'll do it. Okay, uh, bye-bye. Bye. Tell Molly hi for me. I will tell Molly hi for you. Is she hiding? No, she's just downstairs looking all cute, probably already getting started. Probably. Sounds about right. Okay. I'm over here looking like this and stinky, so. Shut your face hole. God. What are you going to do, you know? Stop talking to my friend Karen like that. Thanks, Kala. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. If your base is sugar, butter, and flour, like, how can you go wrong? It's true. Yeah. That is very true. I mean, you might get diabetes, but you'll be happy. I have to pee so hard. You should go pee. It's going to go like, shh.
for a long time. Yep, that's what peeing sounds like. Hi, John! You are so I'm creepy. You're home so early. Good for you. I have to leave now to have mar marital relations. In the racquetball court, yeah. Nice. Good for you guys. Johnson! <laughs> this is live. I can't take that out. Start over. I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was.